Chabra, and you're listening to Root and Seed, a podcast about tradition seekers who are sparked to explore, define, and celebrate their family and cultural identity. Having an entire season based on celebration warms our hearts and souls. The variety of our guest stories is astonishing, and while their perspectives are different, they allow us to get a glimpse into how, why, and what they do to celebrate their cultures, heritages, and religions, leaving us feeling inspired. This brings joy, awareness, and knowledge to the acts of observation in a pure, unadulterated celebration. So far this season, we have learned that sharing our traditions can make a holiday celebratory and the fact that we celebrate our religion through sheer curiosity and modernizing stories and rituals. And last episode, Rabdul Rahman reminded us how much cooking can be a celebration, connecting us with loved ones and sparking a sense of nostalgia when shared, and the beauty in it all coming full circle. Today's conversation felt surreal, and my sense is that this guest has that effect on many people. There is something about speaking to a medicine healer that lightens and grounds all at the same time. We talk about ceremony as a form of celebration and how spiritual acts can be simple if you open up yourself to the idea of them. The Indigenous community has suffered incredible atrocities, and the weight of intergenerational trauma they have experienced is profound. This episode's guest is one of the leaders in reclaiming traditional healing as a step in a positive direction, both physically and emotionally. Asha Frost is an Indigenous healer, a mentor, a mom, and a best-selling author of the newly released book, You Are the Medicine, but we think she introduces herself best. Here she is. So I always like to introduce myself traditionally. My spirit name is Healing Rainbow Woman, and I'm from Neishing Agaming, Cape Croker First Nation, and I'm from the Crane Clan. And the reason I like to introduce myself that way is it, um, it speaks of the land that my ancestors are from, and it speaks of that land connection that my spirit has. So I love to, to express that. So I am a medicine woman and a mama, and I've been a healer for the past two decades. Uh, in different variations, kind of sharing my medicine as a homeopath for 15 years. And then um, during that time, I had a private practice and I saw folks with um, to do some shamanic work and just energetic healing. And then it just sort of, I've expanded that to sort of a global online presence and sharing my medicine in that way. I love to see folks remember who they are and find their own medicine. That's one of my favorite things to hold space for. And I'm a mama to two boys, and I, I'm an Anishinaabe, which is um, an Indigenous First Nation um, across Turtle Island. Asha's voice is just so soothing and inviting, and the way that she introduces herself exudes her confidence in who she is and her gifts to the world. In season one, we spoke about culture sparks, the moment you started to reclaim your cultural background and knowing that Asha experienced a defining and significant moment, we asked her to expand on that experience next. My father grew up on his First Nation. He was born there um, and he made a really conscious decision to leave um, back in that day that the racism was really rampant where he lived. And so his family decided to move off the reserve. And I feel like that decision um, sort of shaped, of course, it shapes the generations to come. So that shaped things in um, a really big way. And I think that um, 
also the impact of generational trauma from residential schools. My grandparents were in residential school. So there was a lot of assimilation energy that happened. I think that can folks can relate to that. You know, it's like there's this we're trying to fit into this um, this bigger culture here. And so that's what that was the result of my I, I felt like my childhood was sort of like this assimilation piece where we were in a spiritual home. We had our Anishinaabe teachings and we lived in a very, um, I'd say, white neighborhood. <laughs> and not that my parents ever said you need to assimilate, but I think there is this like it's safer to assimilate. It's um, you know, let's fit into this sort of this narrative and this culture that's all around us. So there was an aspect of my heritage and my lineage that um, wasn't wasn't around me and wasn't within me until I got sick. So when I was 17, I was diagnosed with lupus and I got really sick and we went to the doctor and the doctor said, we're going to put you on prednisone and anti-malarial drug and they were too harsh for my system. So I needed to find another way, but that way really was the way of my ancestors. But it was the ways that have been um, colonized and oppressed. And I mean, the, the effects of generational harm and trauma from residential schools is so long lasting. And we didn't really have a connection to our language. We didn't have a connection to our medicines. We weren't even allowed to practice our medicines. They were like illegal to practice. So that, that shame just like moved through, um, the generations to come. And that really impacted my, my life until that happened. And I thought, oh my goodness, there has to be another way. Can I go back to the earth and heal myself? And that was that, that opening for me. Using connection with your culture and traditions as a way to heal is such a beautiful act. And this sentiment is so central to Asha's entire platform. We super appreciate that through Asha's work that she's not only identifying generational trauma, she's also providing the tools to heal. Asha identified generational trauma in her own son when he went to kindergarten for the first time, connecting it to the multiple influences and experiences of his ancestors. It's so interesting because that almost like cracked me open to a deepened understanding of how this really, from a just from a lived experience, how it happens. Because I always understood from seeing people, I could feel the the depth and potency of that generational harm in people's blood and bones. But when he went to school, it was like something I've never seen. Like, I I couldn't believe how terrified he was. And when he said, he said the words, do not let them snatch me away. And we'd never use the word snatch when he's four. We'd never use the word snatch. We'd never, because he looked horrified in terror. And I thought, whoa, it just shook me, you know, and his, his, um, his great grandfather was in the Holocaust. And then, you know, his grandparents on both or great grandparents on both sides, the other side of my lineage were in um, residential school. So it was just like this, like, whoa, it sent chills down my spine. And I thought, where is this coming from? It's in my child who's never experienced any of those things, yet he's expressing them. And it was then that I thought I need to do some healing work around this so that I can help uh, move that healing forward into my children so they don't they don't carry that same level of, of harm in their bones. That's what I felt. What a significant moment and significant awareness around generational trauma that is so deep-seated. We know that with Asha's experience and tools that that awareness will turn to healing. With tradition being so central to Asha's life and with so many stories recalled in her book, it was hard to decide what events to ask her about. However, we just love how she recalled one intergenerational ceremony and how it ultimately helped her resolve her mission in life. 
usually you receive a spirit name um, when you come to earth when you come earthbound that didn't happen for me again for some of the reasons that i described but it did happen about goodness it's probably 13 or 14 years ago now and i asked my grandfather if he would gift me my name you can ask an elder or a medicine person my grandfather was um was the person that i just felt like i wanted that name from and it was truly a magical day it sounds sort of movie like or something but it really was like we sat in his backyard on our first nation land there was a hawk that came in that just sat so close by and he lit the smudge and when my grandfather it didn't happen that much to be honest that he lit smudge he lit it at my wedding he lit it on my naming ceremony day um, there was very few times in my life that I remember that happening and that the pureness of his language came out when he called the name down and, and spoke to our elders and our, and our ancestors and called the name down in the prayer he spoke in Ojibwe. I didn't understand, but it just brought tears to my eyes and my heart just felt so full. And then when he said, um, healing rainbow woman, I, I was just like, oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. I don't know what that means yet. I don't know how to live this out yet. Um, our, our spirit name is gifted to us. Um, this is how creator identifies us or recognizes us. So in my understanding, it's like, this is how your spirit is being called to show up in the world. So I kind of asked myself, well, how am I going to show up as a rainbow spirit? I'm not quite sure yet. Or how am I showing up as a rainbow spirit? But it was a very special, special ceremony. It's one that I won't forget. Probably one of the most important ones. Such an important ceremony, one that naturally affected the trajectory of Asha's life. And even though she's still working through it, we just had to know what she thought of her newly bestowed title and what it might mean at this point in her journey. Yeah, I think um, I've done lots of different reflections on this. As you can tell in my book, I'm a reflective. <laughs> I like to reflect on a lot of things. But I think for the last two years or three years, I realized I straddle these two worlds, these worlds of like traditional and modern. Speaking to all people, the majority of my audience, audience are non-Indigenous. So those are the folks that come to me for my teachings. And I think a rainbow bridge, you know, a rainbow is a bridge. So <clears throat> how is my medicine here to bridge those two energies together and to bring two worlds together in a harmonious way, in a beautiful way? That's what I've come to understand. And it's also not, um, it's not easy. That mission has been something that I've struggled with over the past couple of years so much, something that causes a lot of inner turmoil at times about what path am I walking and am I doing this in a good way? And is this really how um, I'm supposed to, supposed to do this? Because nobody's leading the way as, as a rainbow bridge elder for me. So it's something I question a lot. Being a pioneer in any field is met with internal questioning and doubt, but we love that Asha is so honest about her feelings around her newly declared role in the world. But it's that ownership of not only the title of healing rainbow woman, but the meaning behind it that we find admirable. And we are left with the resolve that this mission is exactly intended for her. Next, Asha speaks about two important celebratory acts, one grand and centered around the special occasion of her wedding, the second a ritual that she gets to experience with her own family daily. My grandfather lighting smudge, just as I'm talking about this is making me emotional because I realize how little that happened, but when it did, they were the most profound moments of my life. So I think, you know, with, with that, it was a Jewish wedding. So it's like, there's that beautiful um, ancestral medicine that just I feel that um, my husband's family has just always carried this very it's very deep and it's very 
um, it's just very beautiful and profound. So I felt that sort of flowing into us, you know, as the rabbi saying a prayer. And then it was like um, my mother and my father and my grandfather who were standing there with this indigenous medicine kind of flowing too. And everybody in the wedding party um, had to do the smudge. I mean, they were sort of had to, they were sort of in the circle and they were invited in and people looked a little bit uncomfortable because they didn't know how to do this. Um, but as soon as that smoke was lit, it's like spirit takes over. Um, it makes me emotional, tears come. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's just like spirit takes over and then our hearts are like, connected and it just feels like that was like the wedding ceremony like that was the time that our hearts came together and that was the vow as soon as that smudge was lit so that's what it felt like for me oh it's said that tobacco is our first medicine that creator gifted us and of course it's been changed and turned into something that's not um not probably the intended use original intended use but my children we do our gratitude a lot around here because it's just one of those things that i think is so important so to make it to make it connected to a medicine and then offering it to the earth, you know, like we're, we're really just seeing that connectedness of all things and why we're grateful for the earth. So when my children, I mean, my littlest is still only four. So sometimes their gratitudes are so funny, right? They're just like, I'm grateful for my toys and I'm grateful for my <laughs> to be able to play this. And um, so those, but then as they get older, my eldest is now able to say like, it happened, I don't know what we were celebrating, but we we're celebrating something here a couple of months ago. And he said, mommy, can we, can I go get some tobacco? It's like 10 o'clock at night. Can I get some tobacco and put it outside because all our family's together and I'm so grateful for that. And I thought, oh my goodness, yes. Like it's now just become a part of his, his own ritual or ceremony that can be really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have, we don't have to be um, having all the tools and wearing all the things. I do think ceremony can be a daily practice and however you want to experience that. Because I do think if we put those really intense restrictions and rules, we're not gonna participate in them because there's there can be so much shame that keeps us away from that, especially as an indigenous person who feels, if you don't feel enough because of the colonization of your of your heritage, right? Then you're just gonna stay away from those things. But I just, I, I want people to know like you can practice this. You don't need permission from anybody. That really feels like the key to preserving tradition, doesn't it? In our fast-moving, complex world, if we shed the shoulds and must, can we free ourselves to invite in celebration of our backgrounds into our daily lives? We think so. Next, we thought we were asking a straightforward question, but not surprisingly, Asha delights us by using so much beautiful language to articulate her thoughts and her feelings about why it's important to know your past. I think it tethers us to something. Like, I think it tethers us to stories, to um, energy that's bigger than ourselves, to even the great mystery. Um, the way that I see, I've done lots of ancestral work, and I guess I see it's like the fabric of what we're made of, right, in our DNA. And I, I can just see, like, it's part of our medicine. So I think that, yeah, being really conscious of that you're part of thousands and thousands of hearts, thousands and thousands of visions, it can feel so, that can feel so profound to me and then it can help you walk in a good way that's my that's my sense at least you know you you hear folks saying be a good ancestor like what does that mean to walk in a good way what does it mean to be a good ancestor how can you maybe transmute some of the traumas of the past and and walk it in a healed way that's another question i like to ask myself too because we do carry that in our bones so being conscious of our ancestors will be be conscious of those energies that maybe we are here to break the cycles maybe we are here to um walk the healing for for the next generations 
at least that's my own experience. So it's all I can speak of for myself. But I do see that in others that I serve too, that um, a lot of cycle breakers, like it stops here, the harm stops here, and I'm gonna walk this in a, in a healed way. Beautifully said. Taking ownership of your own story and your ancestor stories is so important, but the idea of not letting it weigh you down and lifting yourself up to be healed is such a great way of putting it. We asked Asha a question from our conversation tool web app from our food category. We asked, what cultural food or recipes do you wish to reclaim? I think for me, it's like, I would love to reclaim cooking some traditional foods. I think that's like a really big thing for me, like even cooking like deer stew, like venison stew, or even this is like, it's so ridiculous, but bannock is like one of my favorite things to eat. It's like so treat like, but it really is one of my favorite things to eat. And my mom makes the best bannock, but she rarely made it for us growing up because it wasn't good for us, right? So that I would love to reclaim making bannock. It's so fun to hear about all the yummy food recipes and treats that bring out nostalgia in our guests and Asha wanting to reconnect with food on her journey is relatable and inspiring. This conversation with Asha made us both emotional and our hearts connected by feeling the energy of our ancestors as the interview progressed. She really shed a light on how beautiful ritual can be and how ceremony can make life moments small or large even more special and how celebratory events like this have had the power, like Asha says, to tether us to something bigger than ourselves. Next week, we speak to Kirthana, a journalist who is from a Tamil background. We cover so much ground, including how she's learning a cultural art form that her own mother wasn't able to complete in her war-torn country growing up. But it's her love of her culture that we celebrate the most, and we get a glimpse into what that level of pride in your roots can look like. Root and Seed is hosted by me, Anika Chabra, executive produced by Jen Sirapong Mandel, and edited by Camille Blay. 